Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman's Podcast, where women just like you learn how to navigate your work, home, and love lives with confidence and calm, all while being in command of your emotions. Here's your host, Coach Anita Charlo. As an executive woman, giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want is so important. And since I like to practice what I preach, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you could head on over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from and leave a review and a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much. And if you know of another amazing woman that could benefit from these topics, please be sure to forward this podcast to her. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candid Conversations with Phenomenal Women. This is the Happy Executive Women podcast, and I am your host, Anita Charlo. And I have with me today, you guys know how this goes. Every time I have a guest on the show for Candid Conversations, it is like you are sitting on the couch across from us, eavesdropping into our own conversation. So this is girl talk, girl time, women talk, women time. This is when we just, you know, let our hair down and just be real. So you may, if you've heard me in the past, you may catch an F-bomb or two. I don't know. We never know. It just We just go with the flow. It is what it is, right? <laughs> so I have with me today, Dr. Renez Toussaint. And I have to tell you, we shared the stage recently at a Flourish Media Conference in Miami, Florida. And we were on a panel, we were talking about mental wealth. So you know how um, you meet someone and it's like you've known this person for a while. We talked before we got on the stage. We talked while we were on the stage. We talked after we got off the stage. We even went to dinner and we continued the conversation there. So I just had to, she is just such a phenomenal woman. I just had to have her on the podcast so that you can get to see and hear and experience Dr. Renez the way that I have. So I'm going to stop talking because, you know, the last time it was so long, I had to cut it in, up into two different podcast episodes because we just kept talking. So I'm going to try to keep you guys, I'm not going to keep you here long, but you know, if the conversation is flowing, I can't promise you anything. All right. So Dr. Renez, why don't you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Of course, they saw or they get to see your bio on the show notes page, but let's hear it from you. Tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a chiropractor. And is this something that you have always wanted to do? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, so yes, my name is Dr. Renez Toussaint Cachero. Sorry, <laughs> I am married, so I have to have the hyphen. So I am a doctor of chiropractic and my journey started, let me take you back. So I'm a, I came to the country when I was 13 years old from the Caribbean. I was born and raised in the Caribbean. I came to America and um, I've always been, it's always been instilled in me is to get an education. You got to go to America and get an education. And so that's what I did. I threw myself into school. And the thing is that I didn't have any example of any anybody else in my family going to college. Mm -hmm. I am the youngest of three. 
And I was the first one to go into college. And really, I just wanted to go to college. I really did not know what I wanted to do. <laughs> I, like, I am just going to try to figure it out as yeah. I go along. I started with nursing. I was like, uh. then I started with physical, um, physical, I mean, no, athletic training because okay. I played basketball in college. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I like sports. So I'll just be involved in, in, in sports. Mm-hmm. So I did athletic training. Uh, didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Then I ended up going into, I switched colleges and I started doing um, physical therapy, Mm pre-physical therapy, Um, graduated with that. And while I was studying to go into the master's program, now it's a doctorate program in physical therapy. Mm -hmm. I ran into a chiropractor at my job and he was like, girl, what are you doing? You're always studying. You always have a book open. Like, what are you studying? What do you want to go to school for? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing physical therapy. And he was like, oh, have you heard about chiropractic? I was like, no, I've never heard of it. At that point, I was maybe 23. I was like, I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look into it. It's a, You have to understand the philosophy behind chiropractic, but look into it. Maybe you'll be interested. Mm-hmm. And I did one research and I was like, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. The thing that got me is that chiropractic believes in the body, the power that makes the body heals itself, meaning the body could heal itself naturally. And I was Mm. like, say no more. Right, right. (laughs) So for the first time I left home, Mm -hmm. um, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to chiropractic school and it's been history. And that's how I really got into chiropractic. I went in just from googling like a google search yeah and I just felt like you know what I'm just gonna go with the flow and again I'm still just trying to figure it out yeah <laughs> so I picked something and I just went with it wow wow that is amazing you know the the thing I remember and maybe it's changed mm-hmm. now and trust me I have I tell my chiropractor we go together because I am always at the chiropractor, <laughs> you know, not as much for, um, and we'll get into this a little later, but not as yeah. much for pain management because I don't have that pain anymore. But um, it's just like, I can go and get a massage, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a therapeutic massage. And so that's, I'm swiping my, uh, what do you call it? The FSA card. Every time I go in, it's like, oh, we're going to use this money. We're not going to waste this money. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> but in the past, like regular um, traditional MDs, right? They were like, oh, no, don't go to a chiropractor. Don't go to mm-hmm. a chiropractor. Why do you think the MDs tried to work? I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's still this way, but mm-hmm. at that time, what was the, why were they telling people not to go to the chiropractor? Why didn't they like the chiropractor? Honestly, it's still this way. Um, when I tell people I'm a doctor of chiropractic, or if I say I'm a doctor, and it's like, what kind of doctor you are? And I say chiropractic, like I get, two, I get two, right. <laughs> I get two reactions, like, right. oh, you're not really a doctor, or right. can I get a my neck hurts, so my back hurts. Those are two reactions I get. Right. The funny thing is, we believe the same thing. We do. We believe, well, when it comes with the causes of, Mm -hmm. well, let me take that back. When it comes to the cause of neck and back pain, we believe, basically, we believe the same thing. For some reason, I believe because we take a holistic approach with Mm -hmm. no medication, um, Mm -hmm. no surgery. And I don't blame anyone. If if you go to medical school, you're taught to treat patients this particular way. I go to chiropractic school and that, I mean, I have a different way of seeing things. So I don't understand why 
we have such an animosity. I think it's because mm-hmm. of the, the research. According to them, we don't have enough research that it works. But hello, obviously it works. Right, <laughs> right. Like, like people are getting amazing results from chiropractic. There's enough for all of us. Like, mm-hmm. And then the main the main focus is making sure the patient, the patient is okay. What mm-hmm. is the best form of treatment for our patients? But right. I work, right now I work in an office with medical doctors, with um, PTs, and we could work together, but I, I wish, I wish I could give you a better answer as to yeah. why, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's such a don't go there, but I, ugh, I, I don't know. I don't want to yeah. get too much. I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, this makes no sense. If it, yeah. you know, if it's going to help, and if what you're doing is not helping, you know, being you being the MDs, why not try everything yeah. that you can, right? Um, especially if there is no medication involved. I think personally for me, medication is like the last resort. I'm going to try everything else. I'm going to rub an oil here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put something in the diffuser there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to stand, look out the window and, and say some affirmations and touch the part. I'm going to do the whatever plans. I have to do. Right. Get the plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whatever it is. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So right. I found this to be so interesting. So we talked about your your chiropractic journey and how you ended up being a chiropractor. Well, at what point did you incorporate mental health into your practice? So after I, well, before I graduated, I did my last semester in Ghana. I chose to do an externship in Ghana, Africa. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the experience of teaching people about their bodies and teaching mm-hmm. them something different. Again, that all they know is medication and surgeries. And a lot of times, right. a lot of them can't afford it mm-hmm. or they, they don't get really good results. So I said, you know what? When I came back to America, I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go working and deal with insurances and all. Yeah. I want to go out in the world and be that difference to other people. So I decided I ended up in Peru for two years. So I was overseas for three years. When I came back to America, it was like, I felt there's like something was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back into, you know, the, the, the regular way of the regular way of practicing. Mm-hmm. And I felt in my spirit, um, my, felt my spirit said mental health. And I was like, what? I was like, right. mental health. Like, <laughs> that's not what I went to school for. Right. And again, part of my my entire my entire journey is about just figuring it out as I go. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, mental health, like, you know, I will start a little side business. So I started selling t-shirts, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Some t-shirts, mental health, bringing awareness, and that was in 2018. So mm-hmm. I sell it, started um, creating t-shirts to be, to bring awareness about mental health. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it's so funny. I thought that it wasn't really working, and I've I found out years down the line, a lot of people started telling me like, "Yo, you know, I started going to therapy because I started seeing your posts and you're talking about mental health and your t-shirts." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What?" Yeah. So, <laughs> That's amazing. Right. So um, that's 2018. 2020 comes around and I started doing the dance for mental health. I had yeah. one live class um, 
before that, God basically told me, well, the t-shirts are cute, but mm-hmm. you need to go deeper because that's not what I right. do. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, let me use what I have, what I enjoy, use my gifts, which is dancing. So it's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to start a dance for mental health class because, you know, to help women to feel confident, yes. um, release your anxiety and things like that. I had one live class, mm-hmm. phenomenal, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then- March, the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, what are we going to do? Right. And luckily, I was part of this women's group, a business group. Mm-hmm. Community is everything. Accountability is everything. Mm-hmm. And one of my coaches, she encouraged me. was like, you know, everyone is at home. This is a new for everyone. Why don't you, you know, do it online? Mm-hmm. Why don't you put the class online? I'm like, mm-hmm. I resisted it. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's not the same. Yes. I like to be in a room. You can tell I like to be in a room with people and touching yes. and hugging. Yes. <laughs> the energy is just amazing when you're right. around people. So I resisted it for a little bit. And then you know what? I, I went ahead and I did it. So I started having weekly dance for mental health mm-hmm. um, classes online. And long story short, from that, I just became, I just started coaching women. Women started reaching. I was like, okay, how can you help me with certain mm-hmm. things? <clears throat> and that's how I started incorporating. And the more I did the research, the more mm-hmm. feedback I get get from other people, from women, how, you know, the, the mental health, the stress mm-hmm. is affecting their body. I started incorporating it in my practice. Yeah. You know, when patients come to me, it's like, oh, I have a neck pain and back pain. I started asking those questions to really have them think like, hey, what else is going on? Like, you right. know, are you stressed in this areas of your life? And at mm-hmm. first, a lot of times people are unaware. It's mm-hmm. not on, it's, they're not aware of how their thoughts and their daily stress could affect their mm-hmm. physical body. So I am, and still, I'm just still figuring it out. I'm like, I'm kind of impl- implemented little by little into my practice, asking those questions of like, hey, try this, you know, try breathing or mm-hmm. you have headaches. Does the, he- does the headache come on when you're super stressed or when you have a deadline or mm-hmm. somebody piss you off and they right. go, oh, God, yes. So this is really how it really just came from the, the the man above or the spirit yes. that's within me right. that told me to you know do something else because I right. just did not feel like I was making a bigger impact a big mm-hmm. enough impact to just focusing on just the physical pain yeah wow that is amazing I lovingly call you the dancing chiropractor yeah. and if you guys haven't um we're gonna we're gonna give all of your contact information in the show yeah. notes but if you haven't seen Dr. Renez on, on Instagram, she is dancing at the same time while she's covering mental health um, topics. And what's so funny, it's like they're, it's almost like these mini skits, right? And it's just so much fun to watch. It's like, oh, what's she doing today? What's she doing today? So you definitely want to go to her Instagram page and check her out. So question for you, let's go back and talk about these t-shirts. Are you still selling these t-shirts or no? Actually, I am. I I currently still have an Etsy shop. It's called Sign of Strength because the idea started is that um, we think of people with mental illnesses Mm -hmm. or mental health struggle as a sign of weakness. But Mm -hmm. I have to. But it it isn't. It's it's strength. It shows a sign of strength. So that's why I named the shop the sign of strength, the sign of strength on Etsy. 
Nice. Okay. I'm headed there after we're done. (laughs) And um, your dance for mental health classes, just are you still doing those online or now that the pandemic is kind of, well, the pan, it keeps ebbing and flowing. So are you still doing those classes or no? We still have a private group on Facebook where I pump in here and there. But again, um, I'm really on the education part with that's why you see my videos. <clears throat> it's I'm dancing, but I also I also want to educate people as well. Right. So that's like my main focus. Yeah. Um, I realized even though I love dancing, I realized I don't enjoy putting like a full yeah. class together, <laughs> pick the right. songs. Right. I'm, I am really the go with the flow girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's so amazing. I, I realized I didn't enjoy that part of it mm-hmm. so kind of put that on, on on pause yeah and you know that that's something too I want I want to point that out because that's very important we have to as women we tend to feel like we have to do something right mm-hmm. oh I started it I gotta finish it and mm-hmm. even if we don't like it we don't have to do anything we don't want to do right sure. we we get to change our minds we can change our mind we start something people and a lot of women will sometimes not even start something because they're like well what if i don't like it right well if you don't like it then you just stop doing it but don't allow that to stop you from trying it at least you should try everything at least once exactly. and then decide whether or not you like it listen and i and i still struggle with that and yeah. as I'm telling you my story, like, man, I tried a lot of different things and I still struggle of trying more. So yes. if we get anything from this podcast, just do it. Just, just try do it. it. Just do it. Just try it. If it doesn't work, if you don't enjoy it, it just, mm-hmm. if it doesn't bring you joy, then move right. on to the next thing. And that's okay. Yes. And I don't know if it's, it has something to do with um, me being at the age that I am and everybody, I talk about my age all the time. So I don't have a problem with that, but I'm 56. I'll be 57 this year. And so I'm, and so thank you. And so I say to myself, well, you know what, what is it that I want to do? What is it that I haven't tried? What is it that I want to taste? Where is it that I want to go? Right. And people used to call it bucket list back in the day. And I was like, oh, that's for old people. Old people create bucket lists. So instead of me calling it a bucket list, I'm just going to call it a things I want to do list. Right. I love that. The things I want to do. I want to go to Bali next year. So I'm about to write my things I want to do in 2023. There you go. There you go. Put it on the list, girl. Write it all down. Um, So when you talked about, you know, talking to women, you know, when they, when they have pain and talking about getting into the mental aspect, the mental and emotional aspect of it, it made me think of um, Louise Hay and the book that Louise Hay has called uh, You Can Heal Your Life. Ooh. And what she does um, in this book, she has a whole entire table that she says, okay, if you have, if you're having stomach pain, here is here could be a couple of the physical reasons why, but here are a couple of the spiritual reasons why, right? And it's been very instrumental in helping me to identify because remember I told you I'm going to try anything and everything I can first, especially yeah. with my, you know, my background in metaphysics. Let's go, let's deal with it on the spiritual level first and see what we can do. And then if we need to move into the the medical, then we can do that. But I'll try anything and everything before going there. And she she talks a lot about, you know, the um, 
and I think we heard this before too, there's a spiritual solution to every problem. And in this case, there's like, there is a, an emotional or a mental uh, component to stress. When 2020, at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, I was super stressed. I was, life had shifted, right? We were working from home. We had the pandemic going. Um, I was in a very stressful position at work. And so I was holding a lot of tension, right? There were a lot of things that I wanted to say that I couldn't say or felt that I couldn't say. So I was holding that in too. So I would have to leave work and go for emergency chiro session um, because my head and shoulders, that my whole neck would lock and I couldn't turn my head. And then after, um, at the same time, I was going through this uh, trauma-informed yoga training so that I could use that to help my clients. And what I didn't realize, girl, was that Black people had trauma because we call it issues. We don't say we got trauma. We say we got issues, right? So as I'm in this class and I'm talking about this, you know, um, going through and doing the homework and everything, I was like, wait, I have trauma. Oh my goodness, I have trauma. And then it started to open Pandora's box. Everything started to come up and out. And that was causing more pain, you know, more headaches, more stress, more tension. And so my my trauma-informed yoga training instructor, her name is Kay, she told me, you should go and see a somatic experience practitioner, which is a person, you know, a mental health person who also focuses on the body, Body, right? And how, how you, how you process your stress, teaching you how to basically come back to your body Mm -hmm. and identify that. And I was so, girl, Renez, I was so gone. Like I was not in this body, right? My, I was in my head and I didn't have, like, I just couldn't tell. I was just so disconnected from it. So as we started to work on it, I started to identify the moments when I could feel the tension coming on and I would stop Mm -hmm. and say, okay, what's happening? Just like you tell your clients, right? What's happening in this moment? And that was very instrumental in helping me to recall my spirit back into my body and then be fully present. Now that was good for me. I don't know if it was good for the people around me because (laughs) that also meant that I was going to keep it real, right? This is, I'm not holding this in. You're not worth me locking up my neck and shoulders, right? Just girl, honey. Exactly. Yes. Basically just hold your emotions, which Mm -hmm. you was explaining. Basically, if we don't express ourselves, we hold on to the emotions and that gets stored in our body and our muscles. Mm -hmm. And if we don't learn how to release it, it's going to develop into more serious issues. Absolutely. Chronic pain. So I love that. I just actually got into some um, somato um, exercising, somatic yes. exercising. So I yes. love it. Love it. Good. Good. Who knew? Who knew yes. that we had all these things in, in common? common. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, we get along. Yes. This, this is exactly <laughs> why we get along. So question for you. Now let's, let's, move on to the business side of it but we're gonna we're gonna move into the the dating and like relationship aspect while you were traveling all over the globe tell us about your journey 
as you were figuring out, right, mm-hmm. going with the flow, how did that impact your your dating life? So really my dating life started with me. Mm-hmm. It started with me identifying um, the things I love about myself. Mm-hmm. Because I could tell you for years, like you would say, you weren't in your body. I felt yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. I felt that way. I did yeah. not love myself. Um, I was sick of validations from it, validation from any and everywhere. Mm-hmm. I could not, even after achieving something so major as a doctorate degree, mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was. I could not recognize myself. I was at my oh. lowest. Talk about anxiety and depression. Like I was so confused and that was a catalyst for me. (laughs) Like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. (laughs) Yeah. I need a new start. I need a fresh start. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So I went to Peru and, you know, the first couple of weeks, oh, great. You know, you think Mm -hmm. you're in a new environment, but sis, you're still you. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Your trauma and your issues, right? Right. It's not going to go away. Right. The anxiety is still there. Okay. You just hit it. You know, you had a moment of, you know, newness and excitement. You kind of hit it away. Mm -hmm. And then all those emotions start coming up again. And I'm Mm. just like, stop running. It was yeah. literally my sign to still like stop running. First of all, I couldn't run to come back home because I made this grand exit. You know, I'm going yeah. to Peru. <laughs> yeah. I'm living my life. <laughs> and, my, and mind you, I just graduated. So this was mm-hmm. my first job. So not like I had money in my account to just buy a ticket to come home. <laughs> so, right. Right. And I had committed to this small family practice for a year. I was like, I can't run home because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling you know, some type of way. So, you know, I stayed with it. That's really when my self journey and my love journey started. Yeah. When I really, I couldn't run anymore. I was in a foreign country. I was Mm -hmm. alone. And that was key for me being alone. So I could really get to know myself. Yeah. I could really connect with the higher power, really connect with God. Mm Because when I was back home, it was too many distractions. You know, I want to deal with myself like, hey, girl, let's go dancing. Let's go have some drinks. You know, let's go out, you know. Right. (laughs) So being alone in a country where I was just getting to know, Mm -hmm. learning the language, didn't really, wasn't comfortable with going out. I just had to sit at home with mm-hmm. myself. And actually that's when I started dancing for mental health. That is really? when I started dancing because I was getting so much anxiety starting yeah. going every morning, going to work. I was so anxious. I was, I was just, I was in my head a lot. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? Just play music. That's one thing I knew. One thing I loved. Mm-hmm. And I started playing music and that's yeah. what, that helped me a lot. So that's where the idea of dance for mental health came, came from. Wow. So I would say about six months being in Peru. Mm -hmm. That's when I met my now husband while you were in Peru. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So, wow. Okay. So my love journey did start with me. I feel like if I, if I hadn't started the work with myself, I probably would have met him, but I don't think we would have made it this, this far. Yeah. If, um, if I didn't start the journey on myself first. Yeah. So you were there for six months. So you were doing now, if you're going to work on yourself and work on connecting with the higher power, Peru is the place to do it, honey. <laughs> <Right>? Okay. <laughs> that is the place to do it. So you, was, 
goodness. So you were there for six months. And no, I, no, I was there six months before I met him, but I right. stayed for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us, and I love this type of stuff. So tell us your creation story. How did you meet? Okay. So that's another part of the story. So <laughs> we met on Tinder mm-hmm. while we were in Peru. Okay. And long story short. Uh, we connected because I forgot how did that, it works when you match, right? You match mm-hmm. and you have conversation that weekend. He was there. He, he, again, he was in Peru as well for work and okay. in my city in Peru, the city I lived mm-hmm. and, and worked, he was there that weekend, but that same weekend I was traveling somewhere else. So I didn't okay. get to see him the first weekend in, in person. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I'm going back to the U S you know, maybe we will, you know, meet one day. I was like, Oh, whatever, you know, yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Right. It so happened his plans changed with the company he was working for. He had to come back to my city two weeks later. Nice. And that's when we met. And that's when we had our first date. Oh. And we saw each other the, that weekend, and then he went back to the U.S. and then went back. Then he went to Spain. So mm-hmm. we were in. I was in Peru. He was in Spain. We talked about five thousand miles away. Yeah, a long distance relationship. Wow, <laughs> those are good though. People. Some people say that they don't like them, but to me, that's the best way to really get to know somebody, right? For me, was the best decision. Um, if yeah. I'm just being transparent, a lot of my past relationship, I got physical way too soon, and that clouded my judgment. And again, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't love myself, right? Yeah. So once you have that, once you give your, your yourself away to someone, it's like you automatically just uh, cling. connect, cling to them, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. hard to like, you know, so. Right. Um, with him being in a long distance relationship, the communication, we actually yes. got to know each other. It wasn't yes. easy. Well, the communication was it was easy. But when we got together for the yeah. first time for a long period of time, like we were, we were in the same room, or the same city yeah. for a month, it was kind of rocky. <laughs> but yeah. we had that foundation with yeah. our communication and getting to know each other. For me, a lot of people's like, oh, you guys are still together. Oh, yeah, long distance, long distance relationship don't work. That's fine. Yeah. But for I had the, the best thing about long distance relationship, like I had the opportunity to continue mm-hmm. focusing on myself, loving yes. myself while yes. having someone to support me through. Right. It. Yes. That is that is the thing right there. Right. My niece and her husband met in college. She was a freshman. He was a mm-hmm. senior. And then he went on he, they went to U of I, he went on and he moved to Detroit for work Mm -hmm. and she was still at school, but, and this was before, like, um, this was before we had zoom. I think it was, I don't know what it was, but probably, yeah, it was (laughs) was like 15, 20 years ago, 15 years, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they would have like movie night, like they made it work. Right. And then I think that's um, that's one of the ways that it forces you, especially women, it forces you to to really get clear on the communication, to work on whatever insecurities pop up. Mm -hmm. And I I hear you, girl, because with even with my husband, we don't we lived in the same we live in the same. We both live in Chicago, but I live I lived in Oak Park and he lived 
far south close to Indiana. So it was like 45 minutes. So it wasn't like, yeah, right. (laughs) So it wasn't like we could just pop up over each Mm -hmm. other's houses. I had responsibilities. He had responsibilities. I was working the side hustle. He was working the side hustle. So our time together in the same space was limited, but that allowed me, especially coming from, you know, the dating experiences that I had to really work on who I was, yeah. right? And work yeah. on getting confident and working through my, my now that I know trauma, um, you know, <laughs> working through all that stuff as it related to the dating world. And um, th- it worked, it worked well for us. It we dated well. six years before we even moved in together. And then um, two years after that, before we got married. So we've been together almost 14 years now. That's amazing. But having that time, like time. you said, that time apart gives you the ability to connect on a deeper level. Right. And then also we learn the best lessons from our bad relationships. Yes. Relationships that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I remember being, a, I won't even call this a, a relationship. It was a situationship yeah. where um, he was saying all those negative things about me. And when it came back around to me through somebody else, through another woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he said all those things, it made me for once be like, oh my God, people could see the insecurity that I have. I thought I was hiding it. Yeah. Like it brought it in. <laughs> like yes. that was a changing moment for me that was like wow you know I thought I was hidden all all those insecurities right I I was you know I thought I was gonna fake in it yeah I was not and it had it made me realize okay you need to start working on this so I learned the best relationship the best advice or best lessons yeah best lessons from those failed relationships absolutely it's it's almost like you're the that woman tapped you on your shoulder and like girl your insecurities are showing yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah clean it up (laughs) wow oh my goodness and that that's so you said something um so profound yes if you this is one of the, the things that I work with my clients through. And it's hard for people to do this initially because they're holding on to the plane and they want to point a finger. But it's like, let's look at the lessons mm-hmm. that you take, you walked away with, right? Mm-hmm. If you, if this person was a narcissistic asshole, now you know what a narcissistic asshole looks like, right? So that will help you to, you know, steer clear a lot more uh, from that type of person than before. If you realized in your last relationship, you put that person first all the time and and you didn't speak up. Now, you know, use your voice. Now it's time for you to speak up. So there are lessons to be learned from every relationship. And if you don't learn that lesson, you're going to keep repeating those same relationships over and over again. Did I learn the lesson all the way after that? No, I dated a few more, you know, so good people. (laughs) And the same thing came up Mm -hmm. and I already knew it, but the same thing came up. But yes, unless you learn until you learn those lessons, you're going to keep repeating them. Yeah, Um, that's yes, that is that is amazing, honey. Okay. Um, now that you have, well, now that you guys are married, do you, have you seen, or have you had to make a shift or change in how you run your practice? I would say, no, like I have the most 
supportive husband ever. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. I I could say there are things like he pushes me. um, Okay, let's put it this way. Like there are simple things with the home that he helps. Like he helps cook, you know, Mm -hmm. um, he helps clean. Like those are things that as women, and I I manifested this actually, Mm -hmm. because growing up, I grew up with, very powerful and strong women who did it all. My mom mm-hmm. did it all. She ran the business, took took care of the home, took care mm-hmm. of the whole village. We grew up in a village in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I just saw my mom working so hard. And then my dad was, they were married, but my dad was here in the U.S. like preparing mm-hmm. for us to come up. Mm-hmm. But I said it from day one. I was like, no, I'm not doing all of that. Yes. I want a husband <laughs> who cook for me too. I want right. to do all those things for me too. Yeah. Um, so when I say, if anything changed the way I run my practice, mm-hmm. no, he's just been so, so helpful. So freaking helpful Aww. with it all. So yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So, okay. So we don't have you- kids yet. So when we do have kids, I'm sure things are going to change. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's what nannies are for, huh? Oh, amen. <laughs> You know, I think I look back, you said your mom handled it all. My mom was an entrepreneur and she had her own salon. And then she also took care of the house and everything. And I looked at my mom and I don't know, you know, you know how we talk about past lives and my past life, I must have been royalty because I can't stand housework. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I I was blessed with kids, you know, to do the housework for me. It's like, no, uh-uh, do this. Chore charts, all of it. I don't want to. People, my well, not people, my family, and I grew up with my I have an older sister and she does the same thing. She's amazing. Yeah. But a lot of times she's like, Oh, you're so lazy. You're so lazy. And I felt bad before, but now I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. Like, not no. lazy. No, ma'am. <laughs> not lazy. No. no, I and this is how I look at it, right? Um, even when when I started uh, when I sat down and I was like, wait. I've never really liked doing stuff. There were these little girls that lived across the street from us. I would pay them to clean my room and do my laundry and stuff, right? I'm like in my first year of college and I was still living at home at that time. So they would come over, clean my room and do my laundry. And to me, I was like, okay, well, I'm helping them, right? They're helping me, but I'm helping them because they were getting paid. Exactly. Right. (laughs) And then when it came down to, you know, somebody cleaning the house, I'm like, I'm putting somebody's kids through school. I'm helping stimulate the economy. economy, Why wouldn't I do that, right? (laughs) I don't feel bad about this. And then I don't even want to drive. (laughs) Oh, well, you know what? I hate driving too. Now that you mentioned that, so I lease my cars, right? And January of next year will be the third year for me to take this one back. And they give you 12,000 miles per year. So I could take the truck back with 36,000 miles. Do you know how many miles I have on this truck? Oh, boy. 7,500. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, the (laughs) pandemic happened and you were home. But yeah, that's true. But even before the one before this, I think there were all, I was only at 12,000 miles. Wow. I don't like in three years In three years. Oh Lord. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I don't, my, whenever we go somewhere together, my husband drives like maybe one time I'll get it one, a a few times a year, I'll get in the driver's seat when we're in the car together. But he drives and I do the sleeping on the passenger side. I'm a car baby. (laughs) 
this week, me too. This week was a, my husband's first week of being away from work. And actually, in the next two weeks, he'll be in Chicago. Oh, um, yes. And hey. I'm like struggling. I was like, oh, I know I have to drive myself. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Pray for me, girl. What? Pray for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Leave earlier. Make sure you give yourself enough time. Don't rush. Because um, they're Ten and crazy two. out there. Exactly. <laughs> 10 and 2. But just don't sit up on the steering wheel. Lean no. back a little bit. No. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so funny. We are so we are the same person. I remember like like you, I had the guilty, I, I felt guilty, right? Mm-hmm. But I am running the business. I then work a full-time job. I have a husband. I also have a mother who's 88 and I'm, you know, her caretaker, like she doesn't live with me. I don't take care of her physically, but I'm in charge of her life. So Mm -hmm. that's a, that's That's when you, that's a lot. Right. So last, was it last year? I think it was. Yeah, it was last year. I went, I started forgetting things. My husband is, my mom has dementia. So my husband's like, well, you may want to get that checked out because you're, you're, you're starting to forget things like your mom and I was like I don't know no I'm not you know I don't know what you how you just gonna tell me I got dementia this is what I'm saying in my head of course I'm not speaking this out so I knew that I needed to get my mom evaluated like fully evaluated they have been giving her medication from a a 10 question piece of paper that they gave her to answer 10 questions on you can't do a full evaluation on people with 10 questions So I decided to go through a neuropsych evaluation myself, Mm -hmm. four and a half hours, all this testing. I'm like, okay, this is good enough. If I can do it, then I know it's going to take my mom a little longer, but this is the level of, Of I want them to do for Mm -hmm. my mom. So I sit down in the neuropsych's office and we have the conversation before she takes me to the testing room. And she's like, well, tell me why you're here. I was like, well, you know, um, so I started giving her all the things I'm doing. And then I'm like, yeah. And then my mom calls like 10 times a day. And, but I tell her don't call unless it's important. And she was still driving at the time at 87. Oh. Yeah. 86 and 87. She was still driving. And I was like, so I didn't want to not answer the phone. I don't right. know if she's hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this was stressful. Right. So the stress, you know, feeling, feeling the stress and holding stress within my body, not really speaking and holding all the things. She was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get you started with the testing. Two weeks later, we get on a video call and she's like, well, you'll be happy to know that there are, there's nothing physically or cognitively wrong with your brain. The, and I didn't think there was, but Mm -hmm. what is wrong is that you're doing too much. I was like, well, yep. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So at that moment, she was like, there's nothing wrong now, but if you continue to push yourself to this level, there will be something wrong. So go ahead and do whatever you need to do. Don't answer that phone 10 or, you know, 10 times, see what you can do to, you know, minimize those calls, have her leave voicemails. And then you could check them when you're in, in the process, because what would happen was when my mom would call, and it would not be an important, I would get so frustrated that my brain was just shut down. Like I could be, if I had a meeting that next, that once I got off the phone, I couldn't remember what the meeting was about. I couldn't remember. I couldn't present. It was like, wow. I can't live like this. Yeah. So I hired, I hired Megan, 
who was my EA at the time. She's now the person that handles all the podcast operations. I hired Allie, who redesigned my website. Of course, I can do all this stuff on my own, but it was too much. So I started offloading. So then I happened to be in this group on Facebook. It was Black Women Who Decorate. Over 200, almost probably 300,000 women in there now. And you can only get in if you're a Black woman. And there are women out there doing the darn thing you got. And it's so positive. So you have women who are wanting to to redo or or make their space beautiful. And they're living in like a 450 square foot studio. And then you have women that are on there that are living in seven and 10 bedroom mansions. But nobody shames anybody in that group. And one woman came. She was like, listen, black women need to start normalizing hiring help. Yes. She said, our mothers, our ancestors did everything. And that was a badge of honor. She's like, but it, there, it's no badge of honor when you're dying earlier, you're getting, you know, making yourself sick, trying to be everything for everybody. everybody. Mm-hmm. And then she started telling, she's like, I have a gardener. She said, I have two nannies, you know, they alternate so that I don't, <laughs> don't burn one of burn them out. Up, right. Um, she said, I have a stylist that comes to my house. Um, I have a chef that comes to my house and she started naming all these things she has. And then she's like, why should I let somebody else make me feel guilty for getting myself in a position in my life? Where I can afford these things. Yes. Yes. She said, black woman, we need to start normalizing hiring help for ourselves so that we can be emotionally present for our spouses so we can be emotionally present for our children and or our friendships but things that make us happy instead of running ourselves crazy trying to do everything just to say we did it I kid you not Anita I just had that conversation with my husband this morning yeah <laughs> Wow. Look I at that. just had, I was like, you know what? I don't do this often. Like I need to go sit down and have somebody do my hair. Cause I'm, I pride myself. Oh, I do my own hair. Yeah. And then I saw a video this morning on um, Instagram. Someone's like, oh, I'll never sit down and get my hair braided for this long. And the, her response was, it was Jack, Jackie, Ina, I believe her response is like, it's not about just sitting in the chair. You're allowing someone to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And yes. I was like, this is me. I've prided myself of doing it myself mm-hmm. forever since I've been natural for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm, Amazing, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, going no. to sit in somebody's chair. Go sit in somebody's <laughs> chair. Be pampered. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that was so, when she, it was like everything it's almost like the universe was conspiring to give me this message. So I got the meta, I got the medical out of the way, right? I went to make sure there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong because if there was, I wanted to get started on, you know, taking care of it, but there was nothing wrong. It's just, I was doing too much. And so I started to let go of those things. Now my mom is in a facility where, you know, if she calls and I can't answer, I don't feel bad because I know she's taken care of. Yes. Right. And they and would let me know if something me was important. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so in our gener- oh, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. Um, And then that's one thing I just want to mention because our generation millennials, we're the most stressed um, generation 
But the Gen Z's is coming after us. They're on track to beat us. So we're, like you said, we're so, we saw our mom and our parents Mm -hmm. do it all. But for some reason, well, I know why they weren't as stressed as we are now. Right. Because we have women who are working and have Mm -hmm. careers. And then you still, you know, taking care of the home, taking care of family. And especially as Black women, we're so used to take care of everyone. Yes. Everyone's problem is our problem. Right. it's very, very important that we really, really starting to set set boundaries and take mm-hmm. care of ourselves first so that we could show up for other people right. in the right way, not when we're burned out. Right, right. Yeah, because we're not doing anybody, a, you know, a good service yes. at all, mm-hmm. right? We're doing them a disservice by showing right. up tired and frustrated mm-hmm. and irritated already. So when they, they get with us, they don't, get the best of us exactly because we're trying to spread ourselves too thin so that is a lesson mm-hmm. that I learned last year Ooh, and I'm, I'm not doing that again I don't want to go back there thank god. don't want to go back there thank god it's a, it was a lesson and you learned your lesson I right? did <laughs> I did oh man this has been such a great time so yeah. I want to thank you so much Dr. Renez for for being the dancing chiropractor, for for being able and and willing enough to answer the call of focusing on mental health because we don't mm-hmm. do it, and it's it's one thing for us to have an idea about it. It's one. It's another thing for us to actually put it into action. And who knows the way that you do things today may continue to morph based on what you see your clients need, and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Because as providers, we have to continue to, I always call it hone our craft, right? We may be trained in this way, but what is it that our clients need? What is it that they could benefit from? And how can we have the biggest impact? So kudos to you. I'm so excited. Now you are located where? So I currently practice in um, New York. Okay. Queens, New York. Yes. Queens, New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do um, you do one-on-one coaching with women? Is it always in the office or do you do one-on-one coaching with women virtually as well? Virtually. So the, the, the practice is strictly chiropractic and then I coach women um, online. Virtually. Separately. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And all right. So before we tell people how they can find you, I'm going to ask you this question and then I want you to just let the women have it, honey. Um, What advice do you have for women um, either in business or just very, very busy about the importance of finding their happy place and continuing to be present in their happy place? How do they find a happy place? Advice of finding your happy place. What brings you joy? What makes you lit up? And do yeah. more of that. For me, of course, is dancing. Also, I like to, to travel. What yeah. makes you really, really happy? Um, what makes your soul, what sets your soul on fire? Maybe just listen to some music. Mm-hmm. Um, do that. You have, and that's just, that's the simplest way to pour into yourself, mm-hmm. right? Do more of what you love. Yes. Do, what's, do more of what sets you on fire and make that non-negotiable. Like it's Girl. a must. Mm-hmm. It's um, and we were just talking about being pampered and things like that. Mm-hmm. If that brings you joy, do more of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is that is some good stuff right there, honey. Yes, you have to do more, and you have to 
cap, put it in your schedule, right? Block yes. that time. Because yes. you said you have to make it a non-negotiable. And I I find that if I don't put it in my calendar, it's not going to happen. happen. Yes. It yes. has to be in there because I'm yes. so conditioned with the calendar. So I should be just as conditioned with my happy moments as I am with the work moments. Or book ahead of time, pay for it, pay for that trip, pay for, right. pay for, pay for that massage, pay for, pay for ahead of time. Cause once mm-hmm. you put your, your money on it, right. Pay. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Cause you know, you buy, remember, um, I don't know if you've ever purchased Groupons, but you have them, you purchase, Girl, oh, this is good. Course. You buy the Groupon and it's like, oh, I don't really feel like going, but wait, I've already spent my money. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and go. <laughs> so that's a good thing. That is but Groupon. That is but one thing about Groupon is sometimes, I think you have 12 months, a whole year to redeem it sometimes. Well, yeah. buy the Groupon, the Groupon, but then also make the, make the appointment. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Don't let it just sit in your account. Right. <laughs> And you know, some sometimes with Groupon too, and Groupon, if you're listening, you need to pay me. Um, Groupon will, you'll buy the Groupon for, let's just say eyelashes, right? It's for mm-hmm. three, you, you get a pair of mink eyelashes and they get two fills. But that that portion of it, that that pricing will end in three months, but the value that you purchase for the Groupon mm-hmm. will continue. Okay. But, so you'll still have that, that, value there to spend somewhere else but you just if you don't book that appointment within three months then you'll have to try to find another one so like you said buy it and book it book it buy and right buy it buy it and book it that's another t-shirt buy it and book right it. okay so I'm definitely gonna run out and and check out your Etsy store Thank um, you. because because t-shirts are just the thing these days right working from home is I'm hybrid. So working from home, oh. t-shirts are the 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 everyday outfit. And then I'll Funny. throw on the company uh fleece on top of oh. it. If it's if my t-shirt is too black for work <laughs> and I'm using air quotes. <laughs> if it's too generic black ones. for work. You know, yeah. So I put on my I put on my work fleece to cover those those up. But you know, I'm still oh, I love t-shirts. You know and to create a line for it and you at home work from homers. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, safe for work t-shirts. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Thank you so much. I am so, this was such a great time, but I knew it would be right. And I'm hoping that you, the listeners have, have enjoyed listening in on our conversation here. Um, you know, we always keep it real, 100% real in these these conversations are the joy, you know, I was only doing them once a month, but I'm, I'm starting to do more because I, I like them a lot. Right. Yes, I get to consistency. share. Yes. Oh, <laughs> speaking of consistency last year, during all of that drama, I told you I was having, mm-hmm. um, we, we managed to get the website done in three mm-hmm. months. We managed to launch the podcast at the same time. So I am so proud of myself. Thank you. That's such a great accomplishment. I know it's hard. I know it's It's hard. It's not. (laughs) It's not. And if it wasn't for Megan Girl, this podcast would probably have four episodes because all that goes on behind the scenes to get it, you know, to produce it and uh, to get rid of all the, the 
you know, all the craziness and the dog barking and the, all that good stuff. That's all on Megan. So Megan hey, knows Megan. I love her though. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> right. Thank you, Megan. Okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. Of course, we're going to have all of your links and um, to everything that you share with us. We're going to have those in, um, um, on the show notes page. So everyone feel free to go there and to check it out. But right now, for those that are listening, let everybody know how they can reach out and get in touch with you. So of course, come join the fun, the fun over at Instagram. You can find me at Dr. Renez. It's D-R dot R-E-N-N-E-S. And you'll find all my information through Instagram. And come join the fun. We could dance and cry and just have a good old time. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So on Instagram, um, they they can find a link to reach out to you for one-on-one. My one-on-one and my website, um, freebies, affiliates, all the good stuff. Everything is there. <laughs> everything. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. And I definitely would love to have you back later on this year. if That's okay with you. Of course. Of course. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, everyone. Until next time.